Please hang around, uh, please. That, that'd be brilliant. So I sounded like I was begging then, didn't I? Uh, I'm not, it's up to you. It's up to you. I'm going to stop waffling. My, uh, my music team tell me off for this. Um, it's my great privilege uh, to introduce our speaker tonight. You might have seen her up here a few times. might have heard her speak a couple of times as well. But if you'd like to give Rachel Corbett a round of applause. Woo-woo! So you'll have to bear with me tonight because uh, I'm trying. I know it's the minute I say this, it means I'm not, but I'm trying to be trendy. Um, I've been told I've got to speak from my iPad and not use paper. <laughs> so I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying. Um, <laughs> so I've got a picture to show you. Does anybody know who this is? Billy Graham. Does anybody not know who Billy Graham is? A couple of people. Too young. <laughs> so Billy Graham was a great man. He was an evangelist. He spoke to millions of people and thousands of people came to know Jesus because of what he did, because he was faithful to God. Um, what kind of things do you think when you see Billy Graham or you, think, or you hear his name? Do you think those kind of things? Do you think that, yeah, he were a, leg- he were a legend, definitely a legend, um, But he grew up on a farm. He was the most unlikely person to become an evangelist. Um, And like I say, he spoke to millions. And he was one of the the few public figures that didn't really face any great scandal. So to me, that's, you know, he he spoke to millions, thousands came to know God, and he didn't really face any scandal. So that's, and people, when you're in the public eye, people tend to, especially the media, when you're in, the public highlight Billy Graham was, they look for scandal. They want to find the bad in people. They want a good story that'll sell so that, um, and, and they put people down. So to me, that says that he were prob- he's a great man. He probably lived really well before God. I'd say that he were living right before God. Would you? Yeah, yeah. Um, but you probably wouldn't associate... Um, Mistakes and regrets with Billy Graham. I, I wouldn't. I'd have thought he were proper, he proper, nailed it most of the time. <laughs> but even, even the good and the great make mistakes, unfortunately. Um, and he admitted, Billy Graham, he said that he'd failed many times and he would do lots of things differently. He, now, you would not think that. You would not think that, but he said he'd do many things. But he also said this. He said about one thing I have... Absolutely no regrets, however, and that is that my commit that is my commitment many years ago to accept God's calling to serve him as an evangelist of the gospel of Christ. You know, he accepted God's calling and he stuck by that. So as we know, he went home earlier this year, he claimed his crown, he stood before God in 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 a place that we can only dream of. And I would think that God would have said, well done, good and faithful servant to Billy Graham that day. But at his funeral, his son, I didn't watch his funeral, but I caught a glimpse of when one of his sons was speaking. And he literally, he only spoke for about two minutes. He blamed his other siblings because he said they stole all all his time. And he said that he was fat. Now that's a bit rude, isn't it? I think that's a bit rude, called him fat. But... (laughs) Don't worry, it weren't being disrespectful. 
what he was saying was that his, his dad lived by three principles. And that was that he was faithful, he was available, and he was teachable. And that was kind of the only bit that I got. And I just, it got me thinking that. And I thought, he start pondering on things and occasionally it, it comes up again. And because he would, it kept being in the media and people kept talking about it, you, you keep thinking about it. Um, and so I just thought, do you know, these principles are things that we can all live by. And they're not, they're not fixed to a circumstance. So no matter what circumstance we're in, no matter what stage of life we're in, we can live by these principles. And actually, I would say that these are, this is a foundation, that this is central to who we are. Um, so I want to be fat. Now, some people that know me would say, no, you will never say that. <laughs> I say I am fat, but I never say I want to be fat. Somebody that lost three stone last year to stand here and say I want to be fat. No, different kind of fat. <laughs> so... I want, I want to say tonight, Lord, make me fat, but not in a physical, <laughs> not in this physical body, please. <laughs> so, what does it mean to be faithful? The goal of faithfulness, it's not to do work for God, but it's that we are free, it, that we are available and free that God can do his work through us. So it's not that we're going to just go and do work for him. It's that we make ourselves available and that we are free so that he can do his work through us. Um, in 2 Chronicles 16.9, it says, For the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth, that he may support, strongly support those whose heart is completely his. He calls us to service. In Galatians, it tells us that in, in the fruits of the Spirit, that faithfulness is a fruit of the Spirit. And it's highly regarded throughout the Bible, and it's, it's regarded alongside justice and mercy. In Matthew 23, 23, it says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin back in day, and have neglected the weightier provisions of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness, the weightier. But these are the things you should have done without neglecting the others. So to be faithful, I think it means to be loyal, to be devoted, to be dependable, and to be trustworthy. So are, are we being loyal? Do we think we're being loyal to God and his ways? Are we devoted wholly to God, or are we just going through the motions today? Because that is so easy. It can become that, it can be because of circumstances that we get, we get a little bit low and we just go through the motions. We just attend because we know that it's something that we've got to do. Or we can be so busy doing church and doing ministry and serving that we just end up going through the motions and we're not really connecting with God. We're just, we're just doing what he said before. We're doing work and not allowing him to work through us. Are we dependable? Do we always make ourselves available to God? And are we trustworthy? Do we obey God's guidance when we receive it? Ooh, that's a bit like when your mum or your dad tells you some advice. How many of us have had advice off as mums and dads and then years later we've been like, no, did what I wanted to do and then years later you've said, they were right. I should have done that, I should have done that. Are we like that with God? Do we think, nah, I, I know what's right, I'm, I'm going to do it this way. 
And then years later, after we've wasted time, find out actually it was right. Um, we can find three examples in the Bible. Because um, being, being faithful is being faithful to God's calling and to his promises and to his message. That's what we're called to do. We're, being, we're called to be faithful to, to God, to his calling, to his promises and his message. And in Luke 2, we see the account of Jesus' birth. Um, so they travel, they travel to Bethlehem and um, Mary gives birth in the stable and Joseph stood by her all that time and the shepherds hear the good news and the shepherds come, come to Bethlehem. So it tells us three things in this passage. And now this is where I'm getting it all wrong. I'm the, so <laughs> it tells us that how faithful Joseph was. You know, Joseph stood by a girl that he wasn't married to her. He'd not, when she found out she was pregnant, he wasn't married to her, he'd not slept with her, but she was pregnant. But he was faithful. He was faithful and he believed that, that when she told him and the angel came and told him and he believed that, this, that she hadn't been unfaithful, but to everybody else, this looked like Mary had been unfaithful. And people were probably talking like they do. Yeah, have you seen that? She's pregnant. They're not even married. They've either been up to something they shouldn't have been doing, or she's been cheating on him. But that wasn't the case. He was faithful to, his, he was faithful to God's calling, despite the fact that it looked like Mary had been unfaithful. And Mary was faithful. She was faithful to the promise that God gave her. She probably felt totally and utterly overwhelmed. Can you imagine that? Just being told that you're pregnant with the, the saviour of the world and you, you, you've, never, you, you've never had that bee, birds and the bees talk, so, you know, it's a little bit scary, that. Um, but we can also see um, the, the shepherds, the shepherds were um, faithful to, to, the, to his message. You know, the shepherds were told the message and the shepherds went, went forth, they went out and they shared the message. So they did their part. They were told the message and they shared the message. You know, God's word, oh, it says in, um, in verse 19 of Luke 20, it says that Mary treasured up all the, all the promises that God had gave her in her and she pondered them in her heart. And sometimes, you know, we get words spoken over us. We get, we get prophecies and we believe that things are going to happen and we don't really see anything happening or we don't feel that, that things are going in that direction and we start to get a little bit disheartened. But I think that we, we need to do what, what Mary did and we need to shut his mouth sometimes and we need to just ponder those promises in our heart because God is faithful to his promises. God, were, he, did, he did it for Mary, he did it for Joseph, and he did it for the shepherds. He was faithful to his word, and he will be faithful to the word that he's given for you. You know, God's faithfulness is, is part of something greater. His faithfulness to Mary and Joseph and the shepherds was part of something much bigger than them. And it's the same with us. His faithfulness to us is part of something much greater than ourselves, than us as Hope House, than, than the church across the world. And we need to trust that God will be faithful, and we need to be faithful in return. So I, I just believe that when we start 
And we get up each day and we start believing that, that we believe that God's faithful and that he's with us every step, that that increases our confidence. If you start believing it and you start saying it over your life and, and say, no, God is in this. God will bring me through. God will open doors. God will show me the way. He will lead the path. That that gives you confidence in his love for us and, it, and your trust for him will deepen. So moving on, what does it mean to be available? You know, we've all got busy lives. We get, we get caught up in the busyness of life. We get caught up in work and family. Um, we get caught up even in ministry, in things that we do in church. And we tend to neglect what's important. Sometimes we, we even feel pulled in all directions. We feel that we feel frustrated because we want to do things that we can't do because we've just not got enough time. And so how can we possibly, you might ask tonight, how can I possibly give God any more time than I am giving him now? Because my life's just so full. I've got work, I've got kids, I've got a dog. <laughs> Dogs do take a lot of time. <laughs> but it's simple, really. You know, Jesus said, follow me. I am the way. And I just want to ask you a question at that point, just to think about what is driving you at this moment? Is it the schedule of the busyness of your life? Or is it the power and the potential in the plans that God has for you? You see, being available means that we need to be willing to adjust our own schedule. And we need it to fit in with the desires and the plans what God's got. We need to make our personal priorities secondary to God's priorities, to what matters to God, to what's in his heart. We need to reflect God's priorities so that we're always available to him. You know, God made himself available to us. He chose you and he selected you and he made himself available to you. And just a few examples in the Bible. Isaiah, in Isaiah 6, 8, it says, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and whom will, go f- whom will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, send me. You know, Isaiah made himself available when he said, Here I am, send me. In Luke, Mary made herself available. In Genesis, Abraham made himself available. And God blessed each and every one of these people when they made themselves available. And the the Bible tells us over and over again, in fact, it's in all four Gospels, it says, for whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the Gospels will save it. You know, sometimes we think that giving our first to God means that we've got to put other things, other people that matter to us, our spouse, our children, our our extended family, and, and our work, and other things, our priorities. We think that they've got to somehow become, all become, they do in a sense become secondary. But when we put God first, God makes that time. God will allow that change in your timetable. God will show you what's important. God will show you what what you need to be focusing on. 
when we first give ourselves, everything else will become easier because God's involved. And as long as we make ourselves available to God, he'll take care of the wins and the losers. I like that bit. He'll take care of the wins and the losers. You know, as long as we're available, it doesn't matter if we win or if we lose at something. As long as we keep going, we keep trying, we keep making ourselves available, we keep getting back up, and we keep saying, here I am, Lord, send me. You know, he'll bless us. He'll give us a heart after his own. All we've got to do is ask him. It's a choice. It's a choice to, be, to make yourself available to God. And we can always be available to God. You know, it might start with little steps. Just giving him, rather than being on, and it is so easy and we all do it, rather than going on Facebook, being on the iPad, and we've probably heard this hundreds of times. But it's true. And if we're not doing it, that's why God keeps prompting you. It's not a bad thing to go on Facebook, but just limit your time. And instead think, do you know what? This next 10 minutes, I'm not going to go on Facebook. I'm going to give God a little bit of time. And the more time we give him, the more he'll reveal himself to us, the more he'll reveal his heart to us. And the last thing was that he said that, um, Ned said that his father was teachable. So you might have seen this slogan somewhere. You see, that's because it's true. (laughs) No. (laughs) Well, sorry to burst everybody's bubble, but no man that has ever walked this earth, with the exception of Jesus, is always right. Nobody is always right. And as much as... Do I say this because I might regret saying it, but as much as us ladies sometimes like to think, yep, I'm right. I know I like to think I'm right. Um, <laughs> yeah, most of the time I am, though, so um, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not always right. And sometimes we've just got to humble ourselves a little bit. And I want to suggest that to be teachable is to be humble, and to be unteachable is to be proud. One Peter five five says, "God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble." And you know this is not easy. It's not easy, and we can we we're fighting this battle all the time to become more and more like Christ. But to be teachable, I'm just going to blitz through a couple of lists. You know, it means to take responsibility for ourselves. It means to be aware of our own limitations and our knowledge of our knowledge and ability. It means to ask for help and instruction and guidance. Don't be afraid to ask for help. It means that we're willing to learn from others. And it means we're willing to take notes for our own benefit. So on a Sunday, is anybody taking notes? No. (laughs) No. You know, it's just something that we can do. We can start taking notes just for our own benefit. Sometimes, I don't know about you, but that's the way I learn. If I, if I write things down, I learn it better. I take it in better. I absorb it better. It means that we're prepared to move out of our comfort zones. When was the last time you moved out of your comfort zone? For God and did something. And it means that we're willing to admit when we're wrong and sometimes change our stance. 
And the, the, the main thing is we're willing, we don't give up when you fail. If you're teachable, you'll not give up when you fail. Don't give up when you fail. But if we're unteachable, it says that we don't take responsibility for our failures, but we blame others. How often do we sometimes think, it's not me, that's not my fault. Kids do it all the time. It were him, not me. Who didn't flush the toilet? Not me. It were him. Yeah. (laughs) Went even one of our kids. It means you don't take notes or read books or learn anything except the bare minimum. So when did we last learn something new? Learn something new about God that wasn't just because we had to. That wasn't just because we had to. When was the last time I learned something new? Because Not because I had to prepare a sermon, but because I wanted to. We don't ask questions. We don't seek or accept personal guidance. And we don't take criticism or correction without resentment and retaliation. That hurts, that one. That's hard. That is hard. But you know, sometimes it's not necessarily a criticism or a, or when people are, it's constructive. It's something that's helping you to build, to build upon so that when those failures come, somebody can go, do you know what? No, you didn't do this right, but this is what you can do. And we resist moving out of our comfort zones. Let's get moving out of our comfort zones. Nothing will change if we don't start moving out of our comfort zones. And we always look for the easier or familiar route. How many times have you looked for the easier or familiar route? Sometimes it's hard work living living a teachable life, but it's worth it. Um, would the band come back, please? You know, as we come to an end, we've, we've looked at a man called Billy Graham, a great man of faith. And I would think that there's not really much, that even, if, even though he said there's things that he would change, I would have thought there weren't much that he would change. But in an interview, just only a couple of years ago, he said that he would spend more time in spiritual nurture, seeking to grow closer to God so he could be more Christ-like. Wow. Somebody that managed to achieve all that for God still wanted to press into God and press in for more and wish that he would have spent more time with God. But nobody's perfect. And we all need to become more Christ-like. And if it's not good enough for Billy Graham, I don't think it should be good enough for us. It's not good enough for me. I think we... We should, t- we should take a, a leaf out of Billy Graham's book. You know, we've got lots of things in life competing for our attention. And even Billy Graham got caught up in the busyness of life and ministry. And he said that he would spend more time in God's word with other believers and with his family. See, God wants to be first in your life. And if we put him first... He'll take care of the rest. We've just got to trust him. We've just got to step out of that comfort zone and start putting him first. And then everything else will start falling into place. Are you willing tonight to lay everything at the table and just say to God, here I am, Lord, send me. Will you show people the real Jesus?
Will you leave a testimony of great love? And I'm just, I'm going to, I'm going to apologize now (laughs) to the Bedford family. But, because it might upset you a little bit what I'm going to say. Because I want to just pay a tribute to Alice. Because, like with Billy Graham, when somebody dies, it gets us thinking. And when Alice died, you look back on the life and you, you look at how they lived. But also, we saw how Alice died. And you know, Alice made herself available. She served in the cafe, she sat with friends so that others could have time out for themselves. She cleaned, she served coffee, she moved chairs, she welcomed people. She made herself available whenever she could. And she even chose to make herself available in death. And for me, that really, that really just pulled at my heartstrings and thought, do you know what, if, if Alice can make herself available even in death then come on Rach pull your socks up you can make yourself available she held on to God's promise that there was a place in the father's house for her you know when, when we, if we're in that situation if, if death comes to us in a way that we know it's coming will we be faithful to God's promise that there's a place in the father's house for us Will we stand firm? She remained faithful to his message. Because even in the situation that she was in, she just saw that, you know what, this is the ultimate opportunity. And she witnessed to everyone around her. She witnessed to the nurses, to the doctors. And I just want to honour that tonight. Because I think if Alice can do that, then so can we. You know, Alice was fat. Will you be fat? Will you rise up? Will you be determined? Will you live a a life that's well-pleasing to God? Will you go home and will God say to you, well done, good and faithful servant? Because I sure hope that he'll say that to me. So I just want to end in prayer. You know, if you need any prayer tonight, you're quite welcome to come out to the front. We'll pray for you. Or you can see us after if you want to talk about anything. But all I want to just encourage you is just take those little steps first. Those tiny steps. Those, this 10 minutes is God's. And start putting God first. And you will, I promise you, you will start seeing differences. God will start closing some doors of things that you don't need to be doing and he'll start opening some other doors that need to be open and he'll start freeing you up and giving you that time because he loves you so Father I just want to thank you tonight that that you are faithful and that you made yourself available to us and I just pray that we would do the same that we would be faithful to your promise that we would be faithful to the calling that you've put on our lives, Lord. And that we would be teachable. Amen.